Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Will the Golden Knights maintain their composure again in Monday's second game of the Stanley Cup final? And can Aiden Hill continue to shut down opponents in net? The Golden Knights looking to extend their lead in the Cup final to two games to none after their opening night Game 1 victory. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. We come to you from Las Vegas. We thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter at LockdownVGK. He is at TD Chris G. I am at Tony Dasco on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. Locked on Golden Knights. Mouthful. So VGK, a one to nothing series lead in the best of seven cup final. The magic number for VGK, three victories away from the title. If game one, Chris, is any indicator, this seems like this could be a very entertaining series. We saw physicality. We saw plenty of drama. We saw some controversy. In all, it turned out to be a lot of fun to watch. And for you there in the stands, I'm sure to experience the Golden Knights with the 5-2 to two win. And uh, again, it was balanced scoring for the Vegas Golden Knights and unlikely heroes stepping up in that game. Namely, Shea Theodore, his first playoff goal. And Zach Whitecloud, again, another blue liner. And so now five goals for defensemen for the Vegas Golden Knights. But as Bruce Cassidy said uh, earlier on Sunday, he uh, just was stating that the team did not play well overall. And once again, it was the heroics of Aiden Hill that bailed out the Vegas Golden Knights, plain and simple. He is now 8-3 and three in the playoffs a 2.06 goals against average, so it dropped again, and an unheard of, ungodly .938 save percentage. That's just unbelievable. Uh, VGK won't be losing many games if he continues to play like that in net. And today, usually we're, we've been burying Aiden Hill, uh, but he is part of the lead today. So maybe we get into that, and then again, a team effort for the Golden Knights in game one. I mean, we go back to the preseason, right? We we both compared Aiden Hill to Michael uh, Hutchinson. Uh, no, that was that, that was an improvement. No, uh, Robin Leonard. We felt Aiden Hill was at the time unfairly, but at the time a slower, maybe you know, injured version of Robin Leonard. And we reserved the right to walk it back a little bit because it was the preseason and he did improve. We did state that as well. But, you know, you think about late September to the first time we saw Aiden Hill to the fact that he is leading this team, you know, to the Stanley Cup final. And he had an absolute remarkable game. Uh, Obviously, we're going to start with that incredible stick save, all the breakaways he made. He was not afraid to muck it up a little bit in the first period, and he really kind of got things going. Uh, He's out there throwing haymakers, as I said on Twitter. And, you know, you mentioned drama. Yeah, I mean, the Florida Panthers 
the second the start, the clock starts ticking in that game to the moment the final buzzer rings and not even until the Panthers are completely off the ice, uh, Vegas better be ready. They better have their head on a swivel. And um, you saw, who was the player's name? Let me look up and down. Uh, Lomberg, 94 Lomberg. He's uh, Lomberg, Lomberg, I don't know. Lomberg, I'm thinking about office space now. It's boring. Anyway, um, he just is out there looking to start trouble. A lot of gamesmanship, too. Uh, Florida's having a hard time getting a line change. They iced the puck a couple times. So he takes off his helmet, acts like it's got a problem, takes his time coming back out there. There was one time where Aiden Hill froze the puck. Dude skated all in from the blue line like eight, like four seconds after the whistle just to stop. And, you know, the chippiness behind the play. Kachuk obviously was chopping at Mark Stone. We'll talk more about how those two are going to be connected at some point, I'm sure, in this episode in a couple weeks after the season is over. And, you know, it's Vegas better be ready to be engaged. They better be alert. They better keep their heads up. But poise, poise is the name of the game. As uh, the Florida Panthers were assessed a grand total of 46 penalty minutes. 48, I thought it was. Okay. NHL saying 46 and to 18 and for the Golden Knights. Yep. Okay. So they and switched two it. power play goals. Yeah they, yeah. they took one back upon farther review. Um, okay. Two power play goals for the Golden Knights, uh, five different scores. And now, I believe it's 19 different scores, if I'm not mistaken, in the postseason for the VGK. Their depth is on display. Their special teams is is clicking, and um, you know, one one more game on uh, one more game tonight to uh, see how it goes. Okay, so two power play goals or just the one? According to uh, no, two power play goals. According to uh, what's what I'm the second right power here? play goal? Mm, I don't know. I'm curious. Okay, so a lot of hitting, and Matthew Kachuk started things off. He went after William Carrier right on the opening face-off. <laughs> that was and pretty then, good. Again, I mean, this was, uh, again, a game for VGK uh, where it really did get rather dirty. Um, we uh, saw Anthony Duclair uh, holding up Nick Haig while Kachuk hits him with a sucker punch or two. <laughs> and a lot of things going on, a lot of extracurriculars. Before we came on, I was just listening to Alex Petrangelo, and he was like, well, I don't know why they're doing all this. Well, I'll tell you what. Remember, like last week, we were talking on Friday, Friday's episode. I mentioned to you about Kachuk running into Mark Andre Fleury, and I thought it might just be only him. Instead, he might have just passed along some tips there to his teammates, <laughs> and they all just after, like you said, you know, Lomberg comes in from the blue line to join in a scrum. Uh, I do have to mention something, and again, we need to be fair and a little bit down the middle on this podcast. I thought Aiden Hill in that one scrum, he should have gotten a game misconduct for what? For hitting with his blocker, and then he also chopped down with his stick on Cousins. And and I don't know, like, I thought the referees overall lost total control in this game. I blame a lot of that. I thought they lost a lot of control. And, okay, well, a lot of stuff was going on away from the play. I thought Chandler Stevenson with a cross-check, a vicious cross-check on Cousins, uh, that went unnoticed. There was a lot of – Good. Hit him. Okay, there were a lot of plays that – and, yeah, I, I did not agree with the way that the game was officiated, and I think a lot of this could be avoided in game number two – they have a little bit of a tighter leash on these players. So right away, starting with the Aiden Hill scrum and all that, and it's not not fair to call it the Aiden Hill scrum, but it was it was a big scrum. Um, 
They only took, I think, Bennett in that, if I'm not mistaken. Your Bennett or Cousins, someone went to the box for Florida. It was just one player. A way for the refs to – there's a couple ways the refs can control a game. First of all, they cannot call anything. They cannot call anything and let the players fend for themselves. And eventually you get tired of getting hit behind the play, so you just stop doing it. The other way you can do it is you call a million penalties, which will just enrage these athletes a lot more to the point where the game gets even more out of control, especially if they know if they hit someone – they're going to be taking someone with them to the box, so it's not that big of a deal. Take for tack and you move on. The most efficient way to control a game when it's getting a bit goofy like that is you take one player. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter which side. You take one player with you to the box. That's what the I refs call one do. player. The refs call one player, and then at some point the players realize they're putting themselves shorthanded and they're putting themselves at risk. At the end of the day, the Vegas Golden Knights finished with seven power plays to the three power plays of the Florida Panthers. So the message at Vegas obviously got the message and kept their poise, whereas the Florida Panthers did not. I thought as far as the penalties that got called in the course of play, I mean, they could have called a couple more. I felt there's a couple times where some VGK players were taken down. I felt VGK took some players down on the Florida side of the ice attacking too, but you know, really, unless it was going to kill a scoring chance or outright dangerous as far as during the course of play, not after the whistles. I thought the refs did an okay job. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was fine. Um, I don't feel like the refs determined the outcome of the game. Maybe is a better way to put it. Now, as far as that last scrum involving Nick Hague when it looked like a WWE tag team match, when, uh, you know, when you go to the other team's turnbuckle and uh, the one guy's got the dude in a headlock, he tags his partner and they start beating the crap out of him. That's uh, what Nick Hay got involved in, unfortunately. And the most interesting thing about that scrum is Nick Hay went right in from the blue line to engage with Kachuk. Kachuk kept his back to him. He knew Hague was on his tail the whole time. Kachuk kept going after other players in that scrum. Wait, wait, Eventually, wait. Hold, so on, hold, saying, on, hold on, hold on, hold so on. You're saying that he's inciting, he's the instigator? Is that what you're saying? Um, no, the, 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 it already had started. Nick Hay was just going in to uh, throw his body around. Nick Hay, the... The scrum already had started, so Nick Hague definitely came in to join the party. At that point, Eichel was involved, and who I think Chandler, whoever the forward was behind the net, was involved. It already had started. Yeah, so Nick Hague, I'm going to give Jackie Aces a lot of credit for stepping in there. And Aces, man, he was like as red as the Ace of Hearts uh, <laughs> for taking. I mean, he was taking a beating. He had some he good hits in that game. Some he had some good hits in the game. He had some really good hits, and in exchange. They were just pounding on him. He was exhausted after one of his shifts because he skates into one player. They check him into the boards. Yep. He gets away. Another guy hits him and another guy. So maybe that's the target for the Florida Panthers. Eichel left, Eichel left it all, left it on the ice last night. Did a remarkable job. So Great game. Great Nick Hague is chasing Kachuk around. Kachuk kept, kept grabbing different players once he saw Nick Hague was on his tail. You're not going to see this unless there is an ISO cam on Nick Hague or, or Brady or Matt Kachuk and all of that. But I caught it clearly from where I was. And then finally, Nick Hague is tied up by was it one of the Stahl brothers, I think, and all of that, if I'm not mistaken. And that's when Kachuk throws the punch. So, Anthony you know, Duclair, Anthony Duclair. OK, yeah. whoever had him tied up, whoever had him tied up. Yeah, that's when that's when the, the punch came from from Kachuk. So. Kachuk was picking his spot there. He knew he wanted no part of Nick Hague until he felt he had the advantage. And then Nick Hague went in afterwards. And if you go back to the January 12th game, there was a great scrum in that game with the Florida Panthers where um, uh, the da, 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 Petrangelo, Peter Angelo, right? Petrangelo, he just uh, ragdolled. I think it was Bennett when he was trying to get in the scrum, tossed him down. Kachuk gets in there. So, I mean, there's some, 
there was some bad blood even going back to the limited meetings these two teams had back in January. Well, the Florida Panthers have never won in Las Vegas. Let's keep and it that to, way. To beat Bobrovsky, you need to take away his eyes, said Bruce Cassidy mm-hmm. on Sunday. And Theodore, on his goal, he shifted around. Now, Duclair did not get faked out of his skates. He got hit. He got hit, like, um, in his shin. And he had off-season leg surgery. And he got hit, and he was stung. And so he just couldn't keep Mark's up. Mark's doing a back surgery. I don't care about his surgery. Okay, keep but, going. He, keep but going. he did get hit with a puck. He got hit with a blast. Oh, hockey so player got hit like, with a hockey puck. But it wasn't like Theodore was, like, doing anything exceptional. He just moved around like he typically does. Come on, he Tony. faked him out a little bit. He faked uh, him it out. It was a nice goal. It was a nice goal. Yeah, he finally scored a goal. I would now that part I agree with you on. It was a nice goal. And then, uh, but one of the keys there, the Brett Howden line, and you know, the key man, key cog, Brett Howden, he set a nice screen in front of the net. Yeah. So that's how he scored the goal. It's a good hockey goal. Give 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 the entire line credits. I know it's hard for you sometimes, Tony, but give him credit. Mark Stone. Mark Stowaway. Here we go. We've got to get to the big play. Um, a play that should have been disallowed i thought don don donuts koharski on tv gave the absolute worst example and the way that he dissected the rule was awful it was just bad i'll dissect it when had, you're ready he was, for me he was on oh no of course because you, you know, again posted the rule what 18 hours later i mean come on man so koharski they had to stop him from his donut break that's what Schoenfeld. That was that was epic, by the way. That was a great reference point for all the kiddos out there. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. But no one, no one over, no one under forty gets that, Tony. But I loved it. I loved but it. Jim Schoenfeld called him a fatso and told him to go back to eating his donuts back in the late '80s when Schoenfeld was the head coach of the New Jersey Devils. So, in any event, okay, your interpretation of the rule and whether or not it was legal or not, it was borderline. Do you agree? I will. I will give you, you borderline. Borderline. At, at okay. the naked eye, I immediately turned around to Kevin and Christie behind me and said, "This is going to get reviewed immediately." When I saw it, so let's talk about the high stick rule. And here's verbatim from the AHL rulebook: seventy-two point three, high stick. When a player contacts the puck with his stick, here's the key: above the normal height of the shoulders. That's it, right there. Stop right there. The normal heights of the shoulders so let's talk about mark stone and how he played that puck uh matt kachuk makes a very terrible clearing attempt we can agree on that how many times have we seen this we've talked about that repeatedly on this show Mm -hmm. where players do not know how to clear the puck that was a cup moment that was a bad play by kachuk and a great play by mark stone so let's talk about Mark Stone and his feet. This is key. This is all on my Twitter guys and locked on his tag if you want to go and see. Keyword, normal height of the player's shoulders. So normal height does not mean if you are lunging over, leaning over, leaning down like this, you know, four, five, six inches to make a play while you're stretching for the puck. So this was, I did the same thing with uh, Gil on Locked On NHL this morning. So here's his, pretend this is a blade digging into the ice right here. This is his blade. Here's his ankle, shin, so on and so forth. When he makes contact with the puck, this is how he is dug into the ice at what, about a 30-degree angle, something like that? When you dig in like that, your body tilts and you go down. 
If he is standing at his normal height, his shoulders are four inches higher off the ice. We're not even talking about this play if he's standing straight up. But since he is over and playing the puck at or even above his shoulders slightly, which we can agree on that, then yes, it is a debatable call. When you read the rules, if Mark Stone was standing straight up at his normal heights as the NHL defines a high stick, there is not even a discussion happening right now. It was at the goalpost, maybe even you know pretty close to the goalpost. And Mark Stone is what six something. Oh, His okay. shoulders so, go much higher than the goalposts. So wait, so Toronto pulls out like their cutout of Mark Stone and goes, "This is what his shoulders normally look nope, like." They look at his and feet, then they, and all then they is, tilt it a little bit. All you do is you look at his feet. All you do is you look at his feet, Tony. Like there's all these angles out there that show this green line and. You know, people from Florida are trying to find this camera. People from Vegas are trying to find this definitive shot. All you got to do is you look at his ankles and you stop right there. Look at his ankles. Look how his edges are like this on the ice. He is lowered four to five inches based on how deep he's digging in right there. Good goal. And Paul Maurice knew it. He was firing a shot. He, it was a Hail Mary. He, was he knew it. funny if, afterwards. Yeah. He was, oh, he was great afterwards. He was. I wish I was in that interview room afterwards. I would have gotten thrown out because I would have said something dumb. We saw a couple of Florida castoffs. Jonathan Marsh is so. Uh, yes. The Breakfast Club line. That's the new name of that line, the <laughs> Breakfast Club line. And Riley Smith uh, with the empty netter. They both scored goals. So it is their revenge tour. So that was pretty cool. Sure. Uh, back to Eichel. 20 points now. Uh, two assists in the game. For VGK, it was their ninth. Their ninth comeback win in the playoffs. Ten times in the playoffs. They have scored four or more points, uh, goals, I should say, in a game four, uh, ten times, four or more, which is pretty crazy because we go back, right? And one of my concerns coming into the playoffs period was, can the Golden Knights continue to score? Remember Montreal in that series? Remember them against Dallas? Remember how they just went south and they couldn't score goals? Pete DeBoer. Pete goals DeBoer. Now. Pete DeBoer. To say Pete, the Pete DeBoer era. Isn't that crazy, though, how they're scoring goals and they're scoring them in bunches? And again, I mean, 10 times, depth, depth, three Everyone's goals scoring. or more in a period is unbelievable. Uh, special teams, before we go to break, we're going a little bit lengthy here. Let's go. Uh, special teams, uh, the one power play goal for VGK. I can't remember a second one. Um, and then they give up the shorthanded goal. Was Mark well. Stones? Was Stones the power play? I'll look no. it up right now. Keep talking. Uh and so, oh, in five five on five now, uh, guess what? VGK has outscored opponents 51 to 24 if that three to one holds up. So real fast, uh, just on the five on five take right there, uh, was Riley Smith's considered a power play goal maybe? No, because, well, they had five players out there, remember? And not the goaltender. Yeah, so and the only goal that... Never be, yeah, there's only On one the NHL network, goal. the only goal they're they're crediting as a power play was Marchessault's. Yes, so that was it. Either the I, so game I don't know sheet what they're is doing. wrong or Riley Smith's was technically a power play goal. It's one of those no, two. How could, it, how could it have been? Because that's when the scrum skaters. happened. That's when the scrum happened with Kachuk at the end of the game. But they were, but they still had five skaters because they... It still, the it still triggers a power play in the stats, though. It's still, it, it would still trigger a power play goal. Okay. So either way, really fast, though, about the five-on-five, five, and then we can cut out. We can shorten the second segment, I guess. Um, five-on-five, five, right? Florida gets a shorthanded goal early. Credit them for uh, being opportunistic and getting one in there. Shorthanded goal, not a five-on-five five goal. Okay, fine. The other goal, right off the face, off again. Credit them for their work there, but it's kind of a weird, fluky goal. My point is, at least after a small sample size of game one, 
if Florida cannot solve the Vegas Golden Knights five on five, this will be a four or five game series. And they did not do very well five on five in this game. Now, let's credit Florida. They hit the post a bunch. They hit the post a bunch. They could not beat the post. They beat Aiden Hill. They couldn't beat the post. So if they do ring one of those posts goes a little bit differently, we could be talking about a different outcome. But also credit Bobrowski for an immaculate game early on. Wheels came off a little bit. I'm not going to blame him for the stone goal. Not going to blame him for the Theodore goal. Um, but he made some remarkable saves in the game to keep Florida right. in it. And yeah. yeah, we'll we'll talk more in segment two. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next, we've got some keys and some key adjustments that need to be made in game number two for both teams. Stay with us right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to really fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can make sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. All you need to do is to add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know that the part fits. And if it doesn't, you will receive your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game at no time at all. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. The right parts get the right fit and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. We appreciate you making us your first listen each and every day. And on Fridays, we have our WTF segment, What the Friday? And that's uh, always a ton of fun. And, you know, right before we went to break, Chris, you alluded to this. Could have been a much different game. Uh, you talked about the post, right? They were about- had a great game. Post played great. Like three or four times, both. I think Vegas both? had two, and Florida had three or four. Maybe three or Vegas four. had one, and yeah, no, Vegas had at least two, and Florida had at least three. I believe, maybe four. Yeah. Okay. In any event, so it could have played out differently there, much differently. You know, if one or two of those uh, goes into one that, on one. either side, if one if one goes in, right, and then also early on in that first period, VGK, I think it was six or seven times. They had really good looks, and they just missed the net entirely. So these are things, again, if EGK can hit the net, who knows, or just put the puck in front. It could play out differently in game two. If one or two, again, of those uh, pucks goes into the net rather than hitting the post, the one that was up in that, was it Barkoff up in the corner on the left side? It was just, yeah, it was a tough break, I thought, for Florida there because it hit right between – um, you know, the top part of the, post. yeah, I know. I know the, I know. Yeah. He, yeah. that would mean that was a dinger. We heard that all the way in two, in the back of two seventeen. Wow. So in any event, so a lot of things, you know, can change there. Uh, we did talk on Friday about winning faceoffs. Chandler Stevenson lost the faceoff on the Duclair goal. And then it was a set play and the shot went off of white cloud and right into the net. And that was a big goal there. Cause it tied the game up very late in the second period had two goals apiece, and then, as we saw, VGK turned it on. But a lot of things can happen there differently, uh, the way that things play out. But I don't know why Stevenson – and, you know, I was talking about face-offs, too. At one time, I tweeted out, 
VGK had won 20, Chris, of 23 face-offs at one point. And they only wound up winning the face-off battle by like three or four. 53 to 47% was the final number. Okay. So, again, a lot of things can change. And, you know, in this game, what do you think some of the keys uh, will have to be for VGK? Again, keeping their composure has to be at the top of the list. And they need to play better defensively in game number two. So I want to start by kind of going back to Edmonton and Dallas for a second. After both of those first games, I felt that Vegas only had room to grow where we got a peak performance out of Dallas and Edmonton. I know the Dallas and Edmonton fans hated saying it, but well, I was right. In this situation, I don't feel we have the same thing happening here. I think Florida played a great 48 to 50 minutes of hockey. Uh, Vegas had a little puck luck down the stretch to get some, you know, to find the back of the net. We'll give them credit for that. We'll give them credit for getting themselves in the spots to earn that puck luck as well. Whereas the Florida Panthers, they were on the wrong side of some posts. And then obviously their composure is completely lost. But back to my point here, I think we got, I won't say a peak performance out of EGK. They got a little room to go up. You know, they were about, you know, probably about three fourths, maybe, you know, 80% of their peak where Florida probably only gave us, if I'm going to rate them on a scale of one to to 100, maybe a 60% game. Florida didn't have a great but it game wasn't, But it was, not due, it was not due to the rust at all. I think a lot of you know maybe it was, but, that but maybe it was the reverse rust though, Tony. Maybe it was they came out strong, which we didn't think they were going to do. I felt uh, Vegas was going to own the first period, and Florida would catch up throughout the game. Um, I don't know if it was the rust in the third period, or if it was just simply uh, them becoming completely unhinged. It was one of the two, obviously, or maybe maybe the layoff led to them becoming unhinged. I don't have a good answer for that, but what I can say is we're going to see a much better version of the Florida Panthers. And if Aiden Hill doesn't play an equal to or better game, and if the post is a little less friendly, Vegas is going to be chasing this game, you know, probably a little quicker than they were chasing the game, obviously on Saturday where Florida scored the first goal yet again, Vegas gives up the first goal. So expect a much better Florida Panthers team, expect a better Vegas team as well. I don't know if Vegas will be able to match the intensity at least early on in the first period from Florida. See, I am so concerned about Jack Eichel. I really am, because as that game was just wearing on, I mean, he was just getting battered. And whether he was hitting or taking a hit, I just, I'm concerned about how he's going to feel, like how he's feeling going into this game physically. And if the series goes late and long, that's a player that they could take out. They could take out of the equation. He could wear down. If that happens, so be it. That's what their job is. So Matthew Kachuk. Uh, we talked a little bit about him, but 21 goals and now 17 games, I believe. So for Kachuk, uh, there's a player who they relied on. He had just two shots on goal, and he was a minus one in the first game. And he had a ton of penalty minutes, of course, accumulated accumulated there. Two minors and 10. Yeah, at the end of the game. So 14, 14 minutes of penalties. Uh, and he definitely has to be a better leader. But this is the same guy that every time I've seen him play the Golden Knights, especially here, he just loses his cool. He comes unglued. He comes unhinged. And that's the player that I remember, not the guy that's scoring game winners uh, in a series against the Canes, 
or, you know, helping his team beat the best, the team with the best record of all time in Boston. Uh, what's, I mean, how can he get his game straight? How can the Panthers be more disciplined? So two things, Matt Kachuk's final stat line, minus one, 14 penalty minutes, two shots, three hits, one giveaway, zero takeaways. One sucker punch. Once, I mean, probably more than one, but maybe... We'll only give him one for now, just in the interest of keeping this moving here. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Jack Eichel's final stat line. Where did Jack Eichel go? Where did he go there? He's so on top, as he should the, be. Mark Stone, by the way, had seven shots on goal. In that game. I saw that. Fantastic. So Jack Eichel's final stat line, two assists, plus one, no penalties, two shots, three hits, one block, two takeaways. So Jack Eichel certainly wins round one to, round one of that battle. And listen, you're not going to win games if Matt Kachuk is walking down the tunnel with five minutes left. Let's start there. Matt Kachuk is the best money player dollar for dollar in the playoffs as far as scoring big goals and doing big things. Wow, the show's going fast today, Tony. Um, William Carlson, let's give him some credit for maybe a, a quiet shutdown game. You shut, you stop it. Give no, William no, no. Carlson Seriously, some credit. What did he do? What, what did, did he, he do? do? I mean, he yeah. lost his stick and got himself in a bad situation shorthanded or on, on the on the penalty oh, on the power play. Talk about breaking ankles. His ankles were broken, man. Fine. Okay, on that play. But you have if Mac, you keep Mac and Chuck off the score sheet, you know that Cassidy is him? matching Carlson. You, Carlson's matching. Why? How's it not? How you not give him a little bit of credit? He gets a little bit of credit. No, no, he played a horrible game. Horrible game. I think it's time he played so poorly. Uh, I thought I was waiting for the tweets that said that he was the best player on the ice. He was not coming the best player next, on the ice. Not the best player on the ice. I agree with you well, on that one. Coming up next, we've got our locks of the night and our predictions for game two. The Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers will be tangling again on Monday night. Back with more after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Chris is the agitator of the group going after those four Florida Panther fans on Twitter. Oh, they deserve it. Find us on Twitter. By they the way, it. he is at TD Chris G. I am at Tony Dasco, but don't at me because I have enough traffic going on right now. And then we could find us as well at Locked on your head. It's all on Golden your head. Knights. Locked on Golden Knights, of course, on YouTube. Please subscribe there. Can the VGK juggernaut, as Matthew Kachuk called it, could it continue to keep steamrolling opponents? That, I think, is the biggest question. Um, again, four goals ten times. Uh, nine times they've come back in the playoffs. Uh, three goals and or more in a period. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so can the juggernaut, as Kachuk calls it. And by the way, Matthew Kachuk, that cross-check on Mark Stone, how are these guys going to be <laughs> – and Brady Kachuk's wedding and get along. I mean, that was a night last night. I could see a drunken fight happening that Saturday night between night. those two. I could see it. Yeah. You put booze into the equation. I mean, so good. So well, good. I think that, you know, it was a night on Saturday for Matthew Kachuk where he might have even cross checked Brady Kachuk's future wife, anyone that was on the ice, if she were there. In any event, <laughs> does the juggernaut continue? So this is where I, I go back to when I used to run poker rooms for a living. I think about sometimes I've watched some interactions from like my direct supervisors with employees. And I'm like, whoa, listen, you got to slow down. You can't talk to an, can't talk to a dealer like that. 
But then I stop and think about it. I'm like, the only reason they're, they think this is acceptable practice is because they probably saw me do it. They probably saw me walk the line and maybe something HR would or would not think too kindly of. I go down, I have my meeting and I take my look and I move on. You know, that's my job to deal with that. Not necessarily their job to put themselves in that spot, but they only put themselves in that spot if I am basically making it seem like it's okay to do so. This is where we're going to look at Paul Maurice. You know, you look at his, you look at his post-game presser. Everyone, let's F and relax right now. Okay, fine. We're relaxed. We're good. And then he makes the comment, well, they were just itching to put us back in the box. He says it with this uh, creepy Jack Nicholson smile, you know, and stuff like that while he's doing it. And, you know, so you can only wonder when he's in the locker room, if he's completely unhinged, basically yelling and swearing at these guys, he's got them like a bunch of rabid dogs ready, ready to get on the ice and crush everything that moves. Where Bruce Cassidy, when, you know, this guy is falling, so to speak, I think he's in there in a very calm demeanor trying to coach. And certainly I'm sure he's had his teachable moments, if you will, or he's uh, ripped him a new one. But generally speaking, we've seen, you know, when have we ever seen Cassidy lose it on the podium? The answer is never, never seen him agitated, never even seen him throw a water bottle or slam his hand down. I mean, we've seen even more out of, um, out of a DeBoring and, um, and Gallant. We've definitely seen out of Gallant, a very feisty side. So end of the day here, can Paul Maurice keep his team calm and out of the box and poised? My answer is no. Bruce Cassidy can. So in order to slow the Vegas Golden Knights juggernaut down, they got to keep their own poise because Vegas learned a lot from the Edmonton series about poise. And I think uh, another contributing factor would be to clog the neutral zone, which I thought... That's not their strong point. That's not their strong point. I know. They're they're an aggressive forechecking team. I know. They're going to have to adapt in some matter. 76% of the teams that win game one go on to win the cup. And uh, I wanted to talk about the fourth line real fast uh, because they put on some good pressure early. They did. Uh, they had three quick shots on goal. Yep. And they did a really good job. But I wanted to talk about the minutes because after that first period, Kolasar wound up playing just 949 in the game. Carrier, nine minutes, 35 seconds. And then Amadio, eight minutes and 24 seconds. So they pretty much put Watt up with Carlson and Smith and mixed and matched them. But the fourth line, for some reason, and I don't, and it, even though it was mucked up for quite a while, why didn't the fourth line play more often in a real physical game? That's my question. I mean, listen, Vegas kept their poise. They won the game five to two. I'm not going to question Cassidy too much on that. Um, it's nice how we have been able to rely on four lines throughout the playoffs to keep right. our top They've nine been rolling four lines. That's my point here, which Why? keeps our top nine forwards healthy okay. and fresh. So if you need to rock them a little bit more and double shift them a little bit to keep the pressure on Florida, which obviously Vegas did, then it's fine. Maybe game two, they will go to the four lines. And, you know, this is about the, the first matchup is Aiden Hill versus Bobrowski. Aiden Hill won round one going away. Bobrowski played great. Aiden Hill played better. Argue if you want. Hit me on Twitter, folks. Okay. The second important battle and probably the most important battle is going to be Maurice versus Cassidy. Cassidy uh, shortened the bench and it paid off while keeping his team poised. Paul Maurice, uh, you know, he's going to blow a gasket. He's going to do it again. And so far, Cassidy has uh, got the edge there. So, you know, listen, really fast, guys. I know we're getting close to the end here. Give me the best goalie in this series. Give me the best coach. Let's call Bobrowski and Hill right now even for how they've been in the playoffs. Again, Florida Panthers, you want to argue, hit me on Twitter. You're going to lose that battle based on the stats right now. Cassidy, 
greater than Paul Maurice in the playoffs and game one. Argue with me on Twitter if you want. I'll win that battle too. Let's go. Sean Burke gets a lot of the credit. A and, ton. A yeah. ton. And 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 I think you know, if we ever could see Unsung the guy hero. talk to Unsung him. Unsung hero. Yeah, if we ever could talk to him and ask him questions, that would be yeah, quite well. nice around here. Really uh, fast. But, let me dig in one more really fast, and then I'll let you go, Tony. I know you got a second here. McCrimmon made the comment during media day on Friday. When I talked to the American media, I've told you guys this before, I, I elbowed someone on name next to me. I said, when does he talk to the American media? He yeah. doesn't. So when I never talked to... I'm okay. done now. Go ahead. But in any event, <laughs> VGK has to shoot high. Like we said, that is what the analytics told us. And they did shoot high. You notice that? That was, was referenced key. by Cassidy too. Yeah. And Cassidy talked about it. And you heard about that right here. And then they replayed the Braden Holtby uh, robbery of Alex Tuck back in the 2018 um, Stanley Cup final. So two predictions really fast. We can do it. We can do it. Okay. Go ahead. I am going to go with an overtime game and a victory by the Cats. Three to two. I think they come back. I'm going to go with uh, Eichel, and I'm going to go with Alex Petrangelo to score a goal. The defensemen are doing a good job of moving the puck, getting across uh, and on the entry, just having not a lot of issues, and good puck possession time of the Golden Knights in the offensive end. Let's see what uh, the Panthers will do to counter that. Chris? Yeah, so uh, Shea Theodore scores, scores goals in bunches. He's he didn't break get... anyone's ankles. The guy's ankle was already broken by the Fine, shot. fine. So be it. Then he took advantage of the situation. Good for him. But Shea Theodore is really good at scoring in bunches. So we're going to go Shea Theodore. And uh, I want to see a Hager bomb. It's time for a Hager bomb. I think if Nick Haig gets on the board this game and scores a goal, the, the arena will absolutely go ballistic at any point. So... Give me a Hager bomb. Give me Theodore. More defensemen scoring goals. Um, give me 4-2 Vegas. I know uh, I don't like the analytics of that, but I don't care. I'm going 4-2 Vegas. If I'm wrong, so be it. But uh, I feel like Vegas has the momentum, and they've shifted that already in, after game one. Earlier on uh, Sunday, I was on a gambling show on the BetQL network, and they said the total was six. It's come back down to five and a half. We'll have to see how that plays out. EGK about a minus 140 to minus 145 favorite in game number two. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. We appreciate you all tuning in, especially our everydayers. And we'll see you again tomorrow. And we'll be talking about game two of the Stanley Cup final right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.